the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Again, you can visit them online anytime at drnewtons.com for all your health supplement needs. And be sure to join us again next week for another great show. I'm Chris McKay. Have a great day, everybody. Do you believe God wants to engage you in a personal relationship? Or is that just wishful thinking? Not according to James McDonald. Listen up. You have a filter installed on your thinking that makes you look at things a certain way. And it's so natural to you that you often don't even realize that you're doing it. And so your arguments are the reasons why you think you're right. And your lofty opinions are the way you view reality. And that's your filter. And it can become your stronghold. Those reasons, those arguments, those lofty opinions. Listen Up is a production of Walk in the Word, a ministry that's all about igniting passion in the people of God through the proclamation of truth. For Bible study resources and more, go to jamesmcdonald.com. Let Us Reason is sponsored by Sierra International. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. I'd like to welcome you to Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am your host, Al Fadi, and um, I'm sure it's going to be a shocker to many of you, but I am live. Indeed, you can call me right now if you like. Uh, ask your friends uh, to uh, hurry up and uh, go to their phones and start calling. My number, if you want to reach me, is 602 602- Two seven four one three six zero. That's thirteen sixty for thirteen sixty KPXQ. Again, it's six zero two two seven four one three six zero. And uh, I want to thank all of you who are back again to listening to uh, this podcast series. Um, as you know, Let Us Reason has been on air for the last three and a half years, and it is really uh, on the air by the grace of God and by your faithful support. And we are so thankful for that. And uh, I will give you more information throughout the show today as to how you can go back and listen to our previous episodes and how you can also continue to track with us moving forward. And uh, many of you probably know uh, that I am a former Muslim uh, born a Muslim, raised a Muslim, and accepted the Lord um, a little over 17 years ago. And it is my passion, of course, is to help you uh, to reach out to my Muslim people effectively. And if you are a Muslim listening to this show, welcome. We thank you for taking time to do so. In fact, we encourage you to even call us 
Once again, I am live right now, and you can call me at 602-274-1360. The topic today that I would like to address has to do with uh, the concept of honor and shame. And here's why I wanted to address this. By the way, I did a a number of series on this at churches. The most recent one uh, was done at uh, Cornerstone Church, and you can go to their website and you can find uh, the entire uh, two-part seminar in there. But the, the topic of honor and shame is extremely important when it comes to reaching people from the Middle East in general, but Muslims in particular, And as you know, our Lord Jesus Christ also ministered to that mindset and to that cultural setting. In fact, the entire Old Testament and New Testament in general was focused around that particular cultural setting. And if you go to the Middle East and, uh, you know, you are going to notice that there are uh, important aspects of the life of the individual that they consider to be more uh, valuable to them than what maybe a Western mind, uh, Western mind, I should say, might consider to be important. And we are going to try as much as we can to cover as, uh, you know, uh, most of the topic today. However, if we could not finish it today, no worries, we will be doing part two and you will be able to listen to it. So let's call this honor and shame part one, at least for the sake of uh, helping out those who are just joining us. On Let Us Reason. Uh, again, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and you are tuning in to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Once again, the topic of honor and shame really is extremely important when we reach out to refugees from a Muslim background, immigrants from a Muslim background, international students from a Muslim background, especially those that come from the Middle East area. And when we look at the word honor, Uh, The word honor itself uh, gives the meaning of worth. In fact, that's really uh, what the word actually, uh, as it is used in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, it has something to do with the value, with the worth, with the prestige of the individual or the family, with the esteem of the tribe or the community or the individual. So this is why when you are witnessing to someone from that area, Uh, you'll sense some hesitation on their part to actually elevate the gospel message above the norm, which is the honor and shame worldview, at least initially, simply because they operate with a different norm and different set of values than the ones that we are accustomed to in here. From an honor and shame cultural worldview, people value the group, the society, the tribe, the family, more so than their own individual decision. Even though if they grasped the gospel message, they understood the importance of making a decision to follow Christ, they still would like to at least place the importance of their father, their mother, their family, the family name, the tribal name, maybe even the country in general, above their own decision because they feel like if they make a decision to follow Christ, and in in this setting, coming out of Islam, they are letting down their community and their family, and they are bringing shame upon them. And therefore, uh, not only uh, they will feel guilty for doing something like this, but they will also feel abandoned by their own family and rejected immediately because they do not fit the norm anymore. And this is extremely crucial 
uh, because we need to articulate the gospel message to someone who comes from that worldview, sometimes in a different way, by utilizing honor and shame imageries in the Bible and even in the gospel message itself. And as I said, uh, the gospels are perfect for someone from that background, of course. The gospel, of course, is perfect for any uh, different worldview. In fact, I'll give you a crash course on the three worldviews that are dominant today, and they've been dominant forever since the fall. You have basically the guilt and innocent worldview. You'll find this primarily in North America and in Europe, where people can really understand the gospel from the concept of law and order, from breaking the law, disobedience to the commandments, and so on and so forth. So they will feel guilty for doing this, and therefore Christ becomes important for them to help restore uh, that damage that they have caused. From, for someone from the other worldview that I just mentioned, honor and shame, the law is really not that crucial for them, simply because they can still do it their way. They can fix the problem their way. But to dishonor their family by leaving Islam to try to restore a relationship with God, that becomes important you know, for them to process But at the same time, they realize the damage that they will cause, not only to themselves, but to the group itself. So uh, it gets a little bit complicated with an honor and shame worldview. And the third one, of course, is what we call fear and power. And you find this primarily in the Asia-Pacific region, where people feel afraid And they rely on spiritual powers, demonic powers sometimes, folk, uh, you know, Islam uh, type uh, of approach. Uh, And uh, in in that particular setting, obviously, you're going to also take a different approach. And obviously, Jesus is perfect for all of those. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to cast out demons and overpower Satan and his spirits. And Jesus also came to restore our honor. So you can see how that would work. And all of these three worldviews, by the way, exhibited uh, right at the fall in Genesis 3, because Adam and Eve broke the law, uh, and basically they felt guilty uh, when they disobeyed the command of God, and they were afraid, and the evidence of that is that they hid and they felt shame, uh, basically shameful because they discovered that they were naked. So you can see all of that. Once again, um, I'd like to welcome you, uh, if you are just joining us, to Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am your host, Al Fadi, and we are going through a topic that is extremely unique in terms of reaching out to Muslims, and especially those from the Middle East, and the topic has to do with honor and shame. So back again to the word honor, as I said, it means value. It has to do with someone's reputation, sometimes the entire tribal reputation, sometimes the entire city or town reputation, sometimes it's the entire country's reputation. Believe it or not, one of the most uh, common arguments I get from Muslims is that it's impossible that I was from Saudi, because if I was from Saudi, I wouldn't have left Islam. In other words, in in their mind, you have shamed the entire country by making that decision. It is impossible that you would have been part of that country. And I understand where they're coming from, and I appreciate their honesty. But at the end of the day, really, the the story is much deeper and bigger than just an honor uh, about a name or an honor about uh, a family or reputation. It's more about honoring God himself. And that's where the gospel becomes extremely important. 
Honor has to do with uh, the compensation for injury or insults. This is why we hear about, for instance, the idea of honor killing sometimes. Uh, People associate that with uh, Sharia law. That's not the case. Sharia law really does not promote such thing. I mean, there are some passages that people may take, may take out of the Quran to justify it. But in general, it's more of a cultural thing than it is a religious thing. So if someone uh, basically, uh, let's say, uh, dated a girl uh, secretly in the Middle East and ended up sleeping with that girl without her permission or without her family's permission, meaning through marriage, it can cause extreme, extreme damage. And uh, the result of that, it's possibly the girl could be killed by her own family to cover for that shame. Or uh, if a person basically um, stole something from another family, now the entire uh, family of this person who committed the crime would go to the other family and beg of them to accept compensations and whatever it takes to restore the honor of the family because they feel like what their son or what their uh, member of the family has done is a reflection on them and their character, character, not just his own character. That's why I say it is extremely important for us to understand that. Once again, this is uh, Let Us Reason, and you are listening to uh, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. And as I said, this is a live show. Those of you who are interested in interacting with me, please uh, do so by calling us at 602-274-1360. Again, 602-274-1360. Let's take a look at, uh, for instance, some of the passages in the New Testament. And by the way, the Gospel of Matthew is rich with this teaching. In fact, I am preparing to teach a brand new series on honor and shame, just walking through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, For instance, if we take a look at Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting from verses 53 all the way to 57, you begin to see the interaction between the people and Jesus from an honor and shame point of view. Uh, In verse 53, uh, it says, And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, verse 54, and coming to his hometown, notice the importance, he came to his own hometown, to his own people, to his own uh, neighbors, uh, to uh, his own family, basically. Uh, Coming to his uh, hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and says, notice the reaction, They were astonished by his teaching, but their reaction was, wow, we ought to follow this man. No, this is what he says. Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Now, it it sounds on the surface as if they are impressed by his teaching. But then in verse 55, they drop the big one and they say, is not this the carpenter's son? Notice they did not accept him as a prophet, for instance, or as someone who is special, someone who is sent by God. No, they immediately downgraded what he did uh, to just simply, you're just a son of the carpenter. You're even less than us, technically. That's what they're saying. So the astonishment that they felt has nothing to do really with his work. The astonishment, uh, astonishment that someone like him would be doing something like this when in fact his background doesn't even qualify. Then they proceeded to say in verse 55, is not his mother called Mary? You know, now they're identifying specifically to which family. 
and are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Notice they are listing. In fact, these uh, these two brothers, by the way, James and Judas, the ones that we have, of course, uh, in the New Testament. Judas is Jude, and James is the book of James. Both of them later became believers after his resurrection. So, technically speaking, what we are dealing with is the concept of honor and shame. The people of the town are saying... Uh, whatever he's doing, really, doesn't make sense to us because he's just a simple man, comes from this simple family. His father is a carpenter. His brothers are so-and-so. Apparently, probably the family wasn't really that wealthy, it appears. Uh, and even they didn't. Uh, the, the people in the town didn't look highly uh, upon carpenters. That's why they were knocking him down that way. In fact, if we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 38 to 44, in there, an encounter that ensued between Jesus and the Pharisees, and in there, the, the Pharisees insisted that they are the descendants of Abraham, and Jesus was telling him, if you are truly the descendants of Abraham, then you'll do what Abraham did. You will believe in me and in the one who sent me. In other words, Abraham believed, and it was counted for him as righteousness. What was the reaction to what, the, what he says? They said, listen, we have a father, even God but you are an illegitimate child. In other words, they're attacking the fact that the virgin birth is just a cover-up for the illegitimacy of his uh, birth, meaning his mother committed adultery. So they immediately took it to a shameful reaction, uh, honoring themselves, meaning the Pharisees, and downgrading Jesus' honor by saying this. So you see this, basically, the rich honor and shame doctrine uh, displayed in the gospel. Once again, I'd like to thank those of you who are joining us right now on Let Us Reason. You're listening to us on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am your host, Al Fadi, and as I mentioned earlier, this is a live show, one of those rare times, and we pray that we'll be able to do more and more of this. You are welcome to call us with any questions or comments. Our number here at the studio is 602-274-1360. Again, the number is 602 274 1360, and we are going through an interesting topic in relationship to reaching people uh, with the gospel, those who come from a Middle Eastern background, especially Muslims from the Middle East, and the topic is honor and shame, and how the Bible is rich with that uh, worldview, and specifically the gospel, and um, given examples from, uh, for instance, the gospel of Matthew. We get to Matthew 13, verse 57, and notice the reaction of the people. They say, and they took offense at Jesus, at him. They took offense at him. They were not impressed by the fact that Jesus did all of these wonderful things and miracles. But then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And this is really what's so important about Jesus' comment. Jesus is definitely putting the honor and shame worldview at full display here. And he's stating that people usually, no matter how esteemed they are in their own town, it depends where they come from, what family, uh, uh, what heritage. If the people are not impressed by that, they are going to knock them down. And in this case, it appears that the people were not impressed by the background of Jesus, his family, his uh, uh, father's work, and his brothers, and so on and so forth. So they, therefore, they did not honor him. And Jesus acknowledged that and says, it's strange because a prophet is normally honored except in his own hometown and in his own household, he says. And in verse 58, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's the context as why Jesus did not do something that is miraculous in there because the people didn't believe 
nor that they were interested, actually, in believing, because their view of Jesus uh, has to do with the fact that they are elevating their status above his. They're dishonoring him from a family perspective and a relational perspective than from a mighty work that he has done. And um, this is basically is also displayed, for instance, by Jesus himself in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 4. Look how Jesus now distinguishes between those who follow him and suffer for his name's sake and those who do not. For instance, in verse 4, Revelation 3, verse 4, Jesus is saying this, Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. That's extremely important. Look how Jesus is talking about the outer garment. By the way, I come from the Middle East, from Saudi, and we uh, men like to dress up with white garments because it definitely gives an impression of righteousness, purity, and at the same time, it's uh, uh, prestigious and it's steam. It's distinguishable from other dresses. In fact, when you dress up in jeans or pants, people begin to claim that you are being westernized. And that's why it is extremely important. In fact, many of my new video shows, I do it with my Saudi dress because I want to show my people that I honor my cultural background and my heritage. And here is Jesus is talking about those who have not soiled their garments, he says, meaning the outside is not dirty. Uh, because they appear basically dressed up in a worthy manner. And he says, they will walk with me in white. That's important. For they are worthy that they will walk with me. When? In the end times, they will be with me in my presence. And then he proceeded to say, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. Now he's not using military, basically, language with them, calling them conquerors, and he is their leader. And I will never... I will never plot his name out of the book of life, meaning you are mentioned in my book of life. What a prestige, what an honor. You are there. You're that valuable for me to put you in that book. I will confess his name before my father. Wow. Before God, I will take your name and present it before God and before his angels. In fact, in my culture in the Middle East, when someone tells you, I know the president of the country or the king, and I'm going to mention your name to them, wow, what a what an honor. I mean, you feel like if the king will take the moment just to hear my name and possibly even deal with my situation, that means I am extremely important. And guess what? You begin to repeat that story for the rest of your life to your kids and your grandkids, and even for generations, people will be at awe the fact that, oh, your great-grandfather, one time, actually, his name was mentioned before King so-and-so. It is extremely important. That's the language of honor that we deal with in that particular part of the world. I can tell, of course, that we are not going to be able to finish such an important topic today, which is honor and shame. And of course, if you're just tuning in, we'd like to welcome you. This is Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is a live show. You are still welcome to try to call us in the studio at 602-274-1360. Once again, 602-274-1360. And the reason why we're talking about honor and shame is because of the importance of this particular worldview when it comes to sharing the gospel with people from that background, because there is a way to articulate that gospel message to them that will be more effective. In honor and shame, it is usually felt and gestured. 
You know, so it's something that is usually external more so than internal. It is felt by the individual, but you're not going to be able to tell that except by the way they exhibit that or it was exhibited to them. The use of the right hand to shake uh, hands. That's important. If you use your left hand to shake hands in, in there, people will feel like dishonored by you. Uh, the younger uh, kids will come and kiss the forehead of the father or the hand of the father or the grandfather or the elders. A show of honor. If you sit down, basically, and you have the bottom of your feet facing someone, you are dishonoring people uh, by doing so. Um, you know, showing, uh, you know, parts of your body as a female, that's dishonoring to you, to your family, and dishonoring also those that belong to your town or tribe. So it is more important for us to pay close attention to those kind of dynamics. And when we come back, Lord willing, in part two, I want to take it to the next level by talking about some of the sources of honor, and those are ascribed honor, for instance, or achieved honor, and I will share with you some examples from the gospel itself and how it applies to Christ. We really would like to thank you for your partnership with us at Let Us Reason, and you can always go to our website, sirainternational.com, to listen to our archive show. Also, you can go to KPXQ 1360 and Google Let Us Reason or Al-Fadi to be able to access also the SoundCloud platform for all of the archived uh, shows. We can also go to iTunes, and you can even go to YouTube. We have some of these shows already on YouTube at our channel, Sierra International. And we encourage you to also subscribe to our YouTube channel to be able to also receive notifications about our video projects and our podcast and many of the other uh, things that will be airing in there, whether English or Arabic. We thank you again for joining us at Let Us Reason. And until we meet again, have a blessed day. Let Us Reason is sponsored by Sierra International. Would you know what to do if you encounter a wrong-way driver? Let's hope you never find out. But if you ever do see a wrong-way driver coming at you, slow down, safely steer away, and get off the roadway. At night, drive defensively and be aware of what's ahead and around you. And if you see a sign warning of a wrong-way driver, safely move toward and take the next freeway exit on the right. Drive aware. Get there. Sponsored by the Arizona Department of Transportation, in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.